0: The 10-Minute Writers Workshop is supported by Heinemann, a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. Just like a package from Blue Apron, our executive producer Maureen McMurray just arrives, ready to go and tell us what's going on in the food facts. Hello, executive producer Maureen McMurray. Hello, host Virginia Prescott. Yes, I do have some fun literary food facts for you. Today, did you know that John Steinbeck was a total locavore, like before locavore was a trendy thing that it is now? No, I figured he was like rambling across the country like... (laughs) Like a tumbleweed following the Okies. He was, and eating locally along the way. When he lived in Long Island, it is said that he would actually go clamming for his dinner. He would fish. He lived in England for a time, and he actually would go on the property and forage for greens for his dinner. He was totally ahead of the curve. Well, now you can take a page from Steinbeck's book, Courtesy of Blue Apron, because I do not have greens to forage on my property, nor do I have a clam bed. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com 10 minute. You will love how good it feels and taste to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com 10 minute. Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
1: This is Catlin Moran with the 10 Minute Writers' Workshop. Is that the official voice? I'm doing it in my official voiceover voice, yes.
0: And I'm Virginia Prescott with my regular old hosty voice. Catelyn Moran is the best-selling author of How to Be a Woman and More Anthology, and she's columnist for the Times of London. She and her sister developed and write Raised by Wolves. That's a British TV series loosely based on their experience in a family of 10, growing up in a tiny, subsidized flat in the English Midlands. She's also a wife, a mother of two, and an unapologetic feminist. And she's really, really funny. Catelyn Moran is now out with Morana Festo. It's her second collection of columns and essays. The Harvard Bookstore sponsored her event to talk about the book at the Brattle Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Sarah Plord and I caught up with her before she went on stage. We found her warm, playful, and not at all anxious about going on stage or about writing.
1: I have to say I find all writing really easy, uh, I just it's never been a problem, it's where I'm happiest, I feel physically joyful in front of a keyboard, I get a kind of tingling in my fingers and in my breast area, um, sometimes my mouth waters as if I'm about to eat something delicious, it's literally my happy place so I'd love to be able to tell you an agonised story about how difficult it is to be an artist but it's actually really easy. I wondered about that because you do write so much and I thought maybe it's being on deadline all the time that makes her so prolific. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, you, you know, but humans do what they have to do. It's that whole kind of, you know, if you want something done, ask a busy woman. Certainly when I was only writing one column a week when I was 18, it would take me five days and I would aggregate those over each column, um, over each sentence. But now I write three columns a week, I'm writing a book, we're writing two movies, I write a TV show, and you just get up at 9 o'clock and you have to get it done by 4 because that's when the kids are coming home. It's it's that simple. Is that what you do? You have a schedule, like every day I'm writing this much? Yep. every day. I know exactly what I'm writing every day for the next year and a half. It's very for, you know, I have to have that kind of schedule or else the whole thing would just go to hell.
0: And do you have any kind of rituals around it? Like, you know, I have to sit down in this chair with this
1: cup of tea with la There's this incredibly ancient ritual that was passed down. There's kind of this sort of secret brotherhood of writers. And I was lucky enough to go to one of their drinking clubs once. And uh, they sort of swore me to secrecy about this. And they said that what you must do if you want to write a certain amount of words every day is sit on the chair and don't get up until you've finished. Um, And that has worked really well, but don't tell anyone else that secret. Uh, Yes. It's between us. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, how do you know when to walk away though, if it's not flowing? I mean, it's never not flowed. I mean, I just, I would really like to manufacture some kind of problem here, but like kind of because I know what I have to write all the time, like I just make sure that the day before I'm thinking about what I have to write. So I'm not thinking, I do the thinking the day before and when I sit down, I'm simply there to transcribe it. Uh, And I will smoke three cigarettes And I will sit on my posturally correct stool, and then when the kids come home, I'll make their tea. Like kind of, I mean, I've just been doing it for a very long time. If if I couldn't, if I wasn't this fast and efficient, I would really, I would shout at me and go, "Why have you not learned how to do this yet, woman? You have been doing this a long time. Come on." How did you form that discipline? It just always happened like that. Uh, Well, I I had the useful grounding of absolute pure terror and complete abject poverty. And those two things really will teach you to write quite quickly and quite efficiently. So when I was 13, it was very obvious that my family was going to be poor forever. We were raised on benefits. There were eight of us. We were homeschooled. uh, And so it became very clear that not only in order to ever be able to have any money and buy myself a pair of shoes, uh, but also to be able to meet another human being and kiss them possibly with tongues, uh, I would have to teach myself a trade, writing, go out there, have some money, and if I had to, pay someone to kiss kiss me. It all seemed very obvious. So for somebody who is a new writer just beginning who wants to write books like you or a column or television shows what do you think is the most common mistake they make? There was a, the advice that Alan Corran, the brilliant uh, columnist in the in the UK uh, taught his daughter who's now a brilliant writer Victoria Corrin uh, which is the first thought you have about something you're going to write everyone will have had that and the second thought, quite a lot of clever people will have. But the third thought that you have, that will be yours alone. So whatever your first response is when you're writing something, you know, your first hot take will be everybody's hot take. Your second one, quite a few will have it. Keep thinking until you get to the third one. That's, and that's when you start writing. And, when, you know, it's difficult to write if you're trying to write the first or the second take because you know that's what everybody else is doing. You're in a very crowded arena. Once you've got that idea that you know no one else has got, that's when it's easy. It's like being on a sports field and having, like, an open run onto the goal. It's like, this is all mine. No one has said this before that's why it's easy to write if you once once you've done the thinking and found what no one else is saying then all you need to do is uncover that truth and say that thing and then you're just transcribing a truth you're not having to think anymore it's a good little nugget how about how about the worst advice about writing you ever heard Judy Burchill's a columnist in the UK who I greatly admire, but apparently she opens a bottle. She used to open a bottle of champagne when she started to write her column, and uh, as she finished the bottle of champagne, that was when she knew she had finished her column. If I literally have one drop of alcohol, I cannot write. Kind of as soon as I taste alcohol, I'm like, no, it's party time. My brain will work no more now. Um, so I think drinking, I think getting horrendously drunk whilst drinking is a very bad idea. I mean, when you're young, when you're younger, if you if you've got talent, and I think you are born with talent in a writer's brain, what can be really frustrating is that you want to write, but you've got nothing to write because nothing's happened to you yet. So you do need to understand that, and it's a brilliant excuse to have that. You know, your teenage years and your twenties, and maybe your thirties, are going to have to be you going out there and having messy experiences so that you gather material to sit down and write in your forties once you're tired and your knees have gone. Is there a book or a work that made you want to be a writer? Uh, I was really lucky one of the things that I realised particularly if you're a woman writer out there you know a girl and you're kind of you know you're, you're wondering why things seem to be quite difficult for you one of the things that I realised that being home educated I wasn't reading the curriculum that you're supposed to read and had I read the curriculum I was supposed to read it would have been dominated by male writers and necessarily most of the female characters that I would be reading would be through the male gaze and it's a horrible one when I finally got around to reading Roth and Faulkner and Chandler I was just like I don't like these women I would have felt terrible if those were the women that I'd read about in books being self educated I just naturally honed in without thinking about it to female writers so I was brought up on Jane Eyre and Jane Austen Anne of Green Gables what Katie did and these were all brilliant female role models um so I, I would say for for women go out there and find you know you, want, you know, find writers that make you feel good about yourself that you think oh I could write like that and for me when I read women I went okay now I know I can write
0: don't you think sometimes when people say oh she's a great woman writer it's code for something else
1: yeah, people won't say that in the future. Like, kind of, it's just going to be one of those things that that people won't say. In the same way, when people go, "She's a massive bitch," and in the future, we'll just be, "No, no, she's the president." Like, kind of, you know, we'll stop saying things like that.
0: Is there a desert island book that you have in mind?
1: Uh, what would I take with me? I think it was. I don't think it was a big book over here, but there's a book called The Diary of Adrian Mole, which is about a boy from the Midlands who's thirteen. It's written by one of our greatest ever comic writers, Sue Townsend, who's fantastic. She herself was working class. I read that first when I was 12, it's about a 13-year-old boy, and at 12 I thought he was this impossibly together glamorous boy at the age of 13. I read it again at 18 and went, oh my god, he's just this dweeby idiot who's just bumbling along. You read it again at 13, you realise his mother, who's this feminist who's gone off and had an affair that he's kind of writing as an unreliable narrator, is absolutely incredible. And I think it's just the funniest book ever written by a human, and it's about working class, normal suburban life, and that tends not to be chronicled. Do you have a fantasy job other than writer? No. I've got to say, I've looked around and I think this is the best job. I've got a little office at the bottom of my garden now and I can I walk down there in the morning with a cup of tea and a pack of cigarettes and I sit down and I just write until I've made myself laugh or until I feel I've uncovered a thing that needed to be said. Uh, and then I lock the door of the shed and go into the house and, and go and watch Westworld. It's, uh, life couldn't be any better than that. <laughs> Caitlin Warren, thank you so much. Oh, my absolute pleasure, thank you.
0: Catlin Moran, author of *How to Be a Woman*, *More Anthology*, and now *More Manifesto*. Did you hear her slip in that movie thing? There are no public details on that yet, but we will be keeping an eye and an ear out, so stay tuned to the 10-Minute Writers' Workshop. You can subscribe by searching 10-Minute Writers' Workshop NHPR on iTunes or Google Play. The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is a production of NHPR. It's produced by Sarah Plort with help from Maureen McMurray. And our thanks to Hurry Up for music in this episode. We encourage you to take Caitlin Moran's advice and sit yourself down and write a review for the 10-Minute Writers' Workshop. I'm Virginia Prescott. Until next time. You already write for television. You write a regular column. You write books. And now you're trying to hone in on our official voiceover kind of work. Bitch, gotta pay rent. (laughs) That's
1: always been my motto.